Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Goodbye, University. Hey, everyone. Welcome to our Friday call. This is our Friday fling with Ming, and we have a special guest, Dana. Ming, I'll let you introduce Dana. Okay, great. Awesome. Thank you, Jeanette. And like I said, this is my anniversary of one year of GVU calls, so I'm pretty excited to celebrate. So I brought the fairies in here with us. Um, so we've been talking about all things woo lately, anyway. And uh, a couple of calls back, I was talking about stepping into our divine gifts and the universe has to back us. And since then, we've had a few guests come on to talk about their woo because you know, we had Joyce Ann, we had Ann, and now we have Dana, and they're all talking about a little bit about stuff that I actually don't do, don't know too much about myself. So I'm excited to hear Dana share her story, and then we're going to have some GVU members that are on the call with us share their experience with what Dana had um, shared with them. And then, Sounds um, like a good time. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So... Dana was sharing with me about how the woo came in for her, and I think her story, she's going to share a little bit with us about how that happened. And the the title of the call is Embracing the Woo in Our Business, but I'm going to change that up a little bit and say, let's embrace the woo in our life, however that may show up. Sounds good to me. So, okay, Dana. Thank you. Thank you, Jeanette and Ming for the opportunity to be on the call today. I feel really blessed. Um, And thank you to the people who are stepping in that I was able to give a session to as well as a Reiki session because without you here kind of telling your story about your experience with me, you know, it's just kind of a one-sided story. So um, I'll just go back to a year ago, September. um, And before that, I'd had several coaching sessions, which – were a little bit more than coaching sessions. They were intuitive readings using either psychics, tarot, numerology. But a year ago in September, I had a numerology coaching session for one hour. I was at a really pivotal place in my life. I had left another job, and I just felt like I didn't want to go back to doing that type of work anymore. And my coach laid the numbers out in front of me, and told me what my number was and my sun sign and how those work together. And then we talked about what personal year I was in. I had never heard of such a thing, but it all resonated very deeply. And I, and I couldn't ignore it um, to the point at which it even projected me into deciding to take some of her courses and become certified to be an intuitive coach. And I signed up to learn all the hows of numerology and trusting my intuition and guidance. And I actually, when I do my sessions, I actually go into meditation prior to coaching the client and I'm given a mission statement, especially when it relates to life purpose, um, divine gifts. And so that's what the content of the coaching sessions were with the four people I coached. Um, 
in the beginning, it was a little weird. I mean, I was like, I come from a really strict Christian background, and then I put myself there. My family was not of this nature. So I always felt like a little bit, you know, dabbling in the astrology was always considered really kind of of the dark side at church. And so Mm -hmm. I had this conflicted feeling inside myself about how I was going to be seen um, Mm -hmm. outside of these small communities that I had started integrating into. Uh, one thing that happened right away, though, is through all three of my certifications with this instructor, one was um, for career path, another one was for grief and loss. Not only did we coach people with loss for people, but loss for their pets. So that was really powerful. And then another one is called the divine lens, and that's just really seeing the gifts and the mess. And every time I participated in these courses and began trusting my intuition, the feedback I got from people was remarkable. And I continued to sort of doubt my gifts and say, oh, well, they're just being nice to this or that. But then I had people call me months later and say, you know, I just listened to the recording again. I want to thank you because you were so spot on. I didn't see it then, but I'm feeling it now. So several months go by and I start letting family and friends kind of know what I'm doing. And I get a lot of criticism. I get judgment. I get uncomfortable vibes from the people that I love. And so this sort of set me into hiding. I kind of felt like, oh, God, I can't tell people what I'm doing. Uh, my father, of course, would probably think I'm going to hell if he knew what I was mm-hmm. doing. In fact, I'm pretty sure he would. Um, so I don't tell him what I'm doing. I candy coat it. Um, mm-hmm. I have sister-in-laws and, and other members of the family that would and have judged me. And I can feel it intuitively, of course. But I realized as I kept showing up and being seen, coaching within various groups within Facebook and offering my services to friends and family that were open to it, that my sessions were really powerful and they did have a big impact on people. And then through law of attraction, the universe kept bringing people to me who were really open to numerology. And I was trying to steer away from it because I got a general coaching certification too. You know, I thought I could get the plain one, the, the vanilla certification. So I can just be a plain life coach, not a woo life coach always, you know. But everyone who came to me wanted the numerology. So I'm like, okay, I'll go with the flow. And it just got to the point where I was surrounding myself more and more with people, I call them my tribe, that embraced my divine gifts. Mm. And I began to support or sorry, I began to um, find the support of coaches and friends in small circles, Ming would be one of them, that really mentored me. And I started honoring those divine intuitive gifts. And I also learned that honoring those gifts and not shutting them down for fear of what others would think was my highest form of self-love. Right. So... When I learned that deeply on a whole nother level, level, I shifted. I did a huge 360 energetically, and I went from caring what other people thought to not giving a rip. Mm. I really didn't care. I thought, you know, if my family loves me and these friends love me, then it's unconditional. And if it's not, then, ooh, my window just closed. I'm sorry. <laughs> Somebody's visiting. Very <laughs> sorry. On its own. I told you they were going to be hanging around. They're messing around with me again. <laughs> Got a heart attack. <laughs> All right. Oh, that's funny. Well, anyway, um, that's really cute. I love that. So, 
So anyway, what's been happening is that once I no longer cared, then many more people showed up. Um, they were my perfect clients. Um, they were the people who were ready to hear whatever it was that I intuitively gathered, and together we, you know, looked at new paths for them. And um, that's where I'm at right now. It's been really a great journey, and it continues. I mean, the woo factor is not just numerology. I personally incorporate, you know, in private, I incorporate some cards sometimes. I'm guided to pull a card before a coaching session and share that or not, depending on how the session goes. I also always have a candle lit, and which I think is a little woo, because I'm sure not every coach across the U.S. lights a candle. Um, I'm just bringing the light in. I choose to have an image of Jesus Christ on my computer the whole time I coach just because I like his energy. And then I'm always calling in archangels for my sessions. Oh, I call in the troops. I call in everybody for every single session. And then I use a few crystals during my session. Cool. So privately, there's some woo going on that my clients don't even see that allows me to be in light and love and tapped into higher realms while I coach. Nice. Mhm. That's awesome, Dana. Thank you. I love that. Yeah. So the woo has really turned your life around, I think. And I think as you have embraced the woo, it's like things have happened faster for you. Oh yeah. Um and your even your your self love, your self confidence, your everything has, has shifted for you in just the short time that I've even known and seen you. So mm-hmm. um I know that as we embrace whatever gifts that are coming towards us, it just, um, you know, really moves and propels us even. And it's exciting and it's fun too. And it's kind of like, like, wow, right? It's like, wow, this is these, you know, we get to play with some really, really fun stuff. And um, yes. and, they, and they're supporting us. And as we, we keep embracing it, I think these gifts just keep on coming. It's not like there's a, you know, that there's enough. You know what I'm saying? It's like, because I oh, think yeah. as we keep embracing them, they keep coming. So it's like we're opening something. Yeah, we're opening yes. something up. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, exactly. So I think with that being said, I know um, I think Ted has to leave earlier. So we'll just start with Ted if you're on the line. And with us, Ted. And it's so good to hear your voice again, you know, since we chatted earlier. Um, good to be here. Good to hear you again, Ming. Yeah. So thank you, and I'd love to hear what Dana opened up for you, since I have um, it myself. Yeah, I had called her, and I, the one over overwhelming thing that I noticed is there was like an instant connection, and I felt mm. very comfortable talking to her on the phone. And normally I'm kind of a more reserved. I keep my if I'm going to say something, it's going to be something important, and generally I'm kind of reserved. And led up being our phone call was like an hour and 44 minutes, and there was a very good back and forth talking. And the interesting thing that came up in, in the session was that my voice was sort of lost, and that's what I'm trying to, to recover. And it was mm-hmm. very interesting that I sort of let out a lot of things that were on my mind, and, mm-hmm. and it, it was very very cathartic and very sort of, it was like a release, a good release. And saying things, and when you verbalize things, sometimes it sort of brings them to life and in a good way, this was for this. And there was a lot of stuff that came out of this session that 
I guess I sort of had in my mind, but never really put thoughts or words to it. And mm. I have like six pages of I just pretty much wrote the whole time. And that, <laughs> that was that was nice. you know I have a note here: let go and stay happy. And just it was just a very very interesting call. And then we did the Reiki the week after on the the full moon, which I didn't notice any effects until like a day or two later. And there's been like mm-hmm. sort of a another kind of a release. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of rough and rocky for a couple of days, but things mm-hmm. just sort of mellowed out. Um, wow, yeah, that's was, cool. So it sounded like yeah. you got to release a lot of stuff through the it, session and then also through Reiki too. Yes. And, you know, it sort of the whole thing with bringing my voice to the forefront is sort of an overriding theme for me now. It's like, this is who I am. This is. This ah, is so it's the speaking, speaking your truth, huh? And, and not necessarily just verbally, but that's a big part of it, but just being who I am and saying what I think and, you know, just putting it out there. Sort of like what Dana says, you know, you don't give a rip this point this is who I am mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I love that Ted I mean I that's what I've been hearing even all all this week even stronger I mean I've been hearing it all year but it's I think this is just yeah it's a theme for a lot of us I think it's standing in our truth standing in who we are speaking about who we are and not worrying about what others think not worrying about what others think about us and um, mm-hmm. I think the releasing part is, is good I, that's awesome Thank you for sharing that with us. Sure. Thank you, Ted. Yeah, I just have to say, Ted and I had a lot of fun because he's very inventive, and I have a huge inventive entrepreneurial spirit spirit and streak in me, and he and I had some real fun. I'm telling you, it it was, yes, there was a lot of synchronicity between Ted and I, and it got better as the call went on. I think you'd probably agree, Ted. Yes, yes. We were we were bouncing energetically off of ideas that he has, and uh, we I I'm still excited to see what he's going to do. I I told him he has to tell me when he does the things he's going to go do because they're cool, uh, really really uh, really cool that. stuff. Yeah, I got goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's good stuff. I'm telling you, <laughs> can't wait. Uh, I'm gonna be uh, buying so his products. I'm gonna that. be buying his products for my guy. <laughs> Let me just put it that way. Mm, nice. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Dana. You're very welcome. Thank you for coming on the call. Sure. That's awesome. Thank you, Ted. All right. Thanks, Meg. Yeah, no problem. So, um, Steve, are you there? You want to share with us how your stuff is? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Hey, um, it was really eye-opening in a lot of ways. I think the biggest eye-opening thing for me was the life path nine and and just telling Dana what kind of hobbies and interests I've had in the past and how they've sort of matched to, to being a going to a nine as far as like writing and wanting mm-hmm. to teach things that I'm learning. And um I mean I got off path for a while. Like I started blogging about spiritual topics like in 05 and 06, and then and then I just got all embroiled in the corporate world and just letting things slide. 
and then getting back into uh, and then just like quitting the job and, and then moving away and the YouTube channel I'm working on and I'm working on a book. And one of the things that was really helpful for me was Dana suggesting that I I put myself into a particular like assuming a reality where I have like plenty of money in the bank like five million and then imagine what would I do if I had no financial concerns. And um, that put things into perspective. So that was really helpful. Right. And what so else Dana, I was going to say? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Steve. I'll ask what you're going to do. And, yeah, I mean, it's just it's good knowing that the things that I'm doing right now with my time are the, are actually those things that I'm actually very inter- interested in doing and wanting to do. Even if even if I did come into like a large you know financial windfall, so I feel like I'm on the right track, and I feel like Dana just kind of um, confirmed that for me. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Dana, can you share with us what um, Steve was what saying I'm, when he yeah. said about the number nine? Can you tell us tell us what that means? Yeah, the nine is the path of the humanitarian. So that's you know that's kind of a one one word. Um, label to give life path nine. Um, these people are very accomplished. They're very artistic. Um, they are extremely evolved. They are truly, truly, truly the wise old soul in the room. So their challenge on this planet is to not get bitter and blameful and focused on the past because that tends to be their downfall. But their gifts are to integrate all the knowledge of so many lifetimes and bring that wisdom to the planet. And it's through their gifts and talents. And you find some of those revealed in their sun signs and so forth that blend over. Um, But, yeah, humanitarians, the most – I have two in my family. They're really, truly the most amazing people. Mm -hmm. The other challenge is really that they have so many divine gifts – that they sometimes struggle with picking one out. I mean, they kind of feel like, which way do I go? Which way do I go? So um, numerology reveals some of this. And it's oftentimes a big relief for people because they say, oh, my God, I felt this my whole life. I can't believe you're putting words to this. So there's a lot of comfort to be found in the energy of numbers, ironically. And hmm. and Steve and I had a really good time. Um, the $5 million question that he references is this, because it's a great question for everyone on the call to hear. What it does is it ensures a lot of you have heard this as a coach, if you've ever coached for career or otherwise or a big life change. But, you know, our egos like to get involved in our story just a little too much sometimes. And the $5 million question goes, you know, Steve, if I gave you $5 million today, $5 million today, and you could do whatever you wanted. Now, I know you're going to want to cobble San Lucas and, you know, sit my ties on the beach, but we'll do that initially to celebrate. But then you've got to come back and you've got to offer your divine gifts to the world. We're here to evolve and, and help humanity and grow. So what are you going to do? And the interesting thing with Steve was he was going to do exactly what he's doing now. So it was like a big party. And there was no, there was no conflict. He was doing the things that he wanted to do. And then he wanted to add a few things to the list. So that was great too. Um, but what that $5 million question does is it removes all the fear. Because a monkey mind likes to get in the way and say, oh, you, you can't do that because you're not going to make any money. So it talks us out of our dreams. Hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. It's a real powerful question. It usually floors people. They either know right away or they have to think about it. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah well, it was also, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was like, yeah, also enlightening for me was, um, like, when you kind of took me back in nine-year pattern and asked me yeah. like, what events were going on in my life, that was pretty enlightening to, to realize yeah. that I had not learned particular mental or spiritual lessons, or I think those categories, like, you know, did I learn how to, like, improve of myself? Did I learned how to get confident in my skills, et cetera. So that was good to Mm-hmm. And what he's talking about are the personal years, and I take people through a, a nine-year personal cycle, and if at the end we want, we have time for that, I'll kind of talk about the history of personal year cycles. That's also extremely powerful and fascinating and fun. Yeah, really, nice. really fun. Yeah. I'd, I'd like you to share a little bit about that later, I think. Okay, yeah. You'll kind of give um, more of a background of, of what, what it is that you do with the numerology, and, mm-hmm. you know? Sure. So, but we'll let, we'll let um, everyone share that wanted to share first. Mm-hmm. Um, is Gabby on the call? I don't know if she is. I don't see her in chat, so I'm not sure if she's on the call or not. I just see guest nine, but I'm not sure who guest nine is, so maybe not. Well, I'm here. I'm, Le- I'm Leslie. Hey, everybody. Hey, Leslie. Hi, Leslie. <laughs> hey. Um, Dana uh, did a wonderful numerology reading with me, and, and it, it was powerful. I have to say that she, she does a mission statement. She meditates, and she comes up with a mission statement about your path. And Dana and I are the same. We're both eights. We're both cancer eights, which was made our conversation very interesting and fun. But the one thing she said to me that rang true is she said, this person is frozen with fear. And I mean, it just, it just hit me. I'll say it now. And it just makes me feel the way I felt when she said it, it wasn't necessarily a great feeling. I had to sit with it for a few days and realize that I needed, that was the thing I needed to work on because I felt like there was something big coming in my life, but I just didn't know what it was. And I didn't know which way to turn and I think just those old patterns, we're doing the same thing every day, every day, and nothing changes, and, and everything stays the same if you don't make a change. And the fear of change was is what's been holding me back. And Dana helped me a lot with that. And I have to say, I enjoyed the um, going back in the personal power years, too. That was fun. So it was, it's, it's. Having a numerology reading is not like any other kind of reading that you've ever had. And she spends so much time with you. I mean, we were on the phone for over an hour and a half. It was great. And it was more like a conversation with a friend. Hmm. But she kept bringing up things and bringing up things. And every single time she said something, it just I was like, oh, oh, okay, she knows me. It, it was amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. So here's my question, Dana. So you, you always say, Ming, you're an eight, you're an eight. So what does that mean? Like you said, Leslie's an eight. You're an yeah. eight. So an eight life path is a very powerful life path. Um, we're here to accomplish owning our own power, and that means not giving our happiness to other people served on a platter or our power. Um, we're here to own our wealth. It's a very challenging life path because it's the one thing we don't really want to do. Interestingly enough, with life paths, the one thing that you're here to do is the one you have the difficult, the most difficult time doing. <laughs> it's kind of an irony, but we're gifted with all that we need to accomplish it. So we're to embrace 
our, our own personal power. We're supposed to accumulate wealth for the good of all um, and be very generous with it. We make amazing leaders. Um, but on the flip side, because everything has a flip side, or you can call it a dark side, or you can call it the other side of the coin, we can be with that power very abusive or manipulative, maybe controlling, stingy, greedy. So the more it seems evolved, and I hate to use that word because it sounds like a catchphrase, but the more aware people are, the more they identify with the positive aspects of their path. The less evolved they are, they always seem to identify with all the negative parts, and they can't see any of the good in themselves. And so as I've coached several people from different walks of life and different levels of awareness, those, of course, that I coached at GBU, most of them see and identify with the positive aspects. So eights, we're here, Ming, to make lots of money. And the fact that you're a money coach is you are totally embracing your life, <laughs> like beyond. <laughs> and you're helping other people learn the same thing. So you're, you're right yeah. on. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yep. And so eight. Leslie's an eight. Thank you, Leslie. You're an eight as well. Yes. Cool. <laughs> yep, we mm-hmm. love the money. So and, and then I love the number eight too. And then for Leslie and I, because we're cancer eights, then we just blend in or we we move in the intuitive, sensitive aspect of a cancer and we flavor that, we flavor the number with the birth sign. So we're kind of looking how the sun sign influences then the numerology, because it always does. So that's another little component to it that's a little bit interesting. Yeah, I was going to mm-hmm. say when you were talking, it was reminding me a little bit of my astrology reading that I got a little while ago. So, yeah, it all yeah. relates together. Interesting. That's cool. Thanks, Leslie, for sharing. Thank you, Leslie. Does anybody have any questions or anybody else want to share anything before we have Dana share a little bit more about numerology? I just want to stress, Dana. Oh, go ahead. Dana felt, I mean, made me feel extremely comfortable right away. She just, I mean, she like someone else said, she just made me feel like I was talking to a friend, basically. Oh, is this Steve? Yeah. Thanks, Steve. I couldn't tell between the two guys. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That's so nice. That's what I want. You know, my website, originally I had two rocking chairs on a porch. There's a reason for that. I just want it. My coaching needs to be like my theme. One of my words was conversations that matter. It's just we're just having a conversation, but it kind of matters, right? Because we're curious about where we're going and what we're doing. And people generally don't come to me unless they're asking those questions. So if I can share something that resonates with somebody um, and then have good rapport with them, it just is better for both of us. Especially since these sessions, these sessions would have normally been divvied out literally probably to two or three sessions. But because we were doing this, they went very long. I mean, I think Leslie's actually went for two hours, but we were also jabbering as girls. Um, (laughs) But um, some of the other sessions were at least an hour and a half, if not, you know, an hour and 45 minutes. And so they're long. Uh, There's just so much material to go over is why. And you need to, and you have time to, to hear from the client too, you know, you want to hear what they have to say about what you're, you know, what you're sharing. Does it resonate with them? Wow. Oh yeah. Was it, was Elaine on the call on me? I don't see her either. Okay. So two of my, both of my girls didn't show up. (laughs) They were great to coach with though. I coached uh, Gabby and Elaine and, fantastic women. I mean, part of the benefit of coaching in this form 
and I get to meet the most amazing people. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes when I'm done, I, you know, I'm so, uh, my heart is so full in gratitude for the soul that I got to interact with for, you know, especially in these longer sessions because you do have time to build a rapport. It's, it's really quite beautiful. It's really a blessing. Awesome. So the girls were the girls are amazing, and I wish they were on the call to share their, their insights. Um, so uh, maybe Nancy another time. Said, Nancy said in chat that Elaine said she wrote in the forum she didn't think she would make it. But you got a question yeah. from Meg. So Meg okay. is asking, I'm curious if Dana can talk a little bit about Life Path 11. In some places mm. I'm an 11, and in some places I am a 2. Right. So when we're looking at numbers, the way I'm taught to look at numbers is that we add the numbers in three different ways. So if your birthday, I'll just take mine, for example, 7, 18, 1963. So I would add it in a typical fashion that we learned in school in a column, you know, 7 plus 18 plus 1963. I would take all of it down and, and, and reduce it down to a single digit. When you do that with what's called a master soul path, and these are double digit paths, If when I get down to, in my case, uh, let's say 26 is what my birth date goes all the way down to, and then the two and the six become an eight. If when you get down to the double digit, when you add everything up, you have an 11, a 22, or a 33, you do not take it down to a single digit. You don't take an 11 to a two, or a 22 to a four, or a 33 to a six. It is what's called a master soul number. These souls are sacred birth paths. <laughs> they are here to help humanity evolve, and they may be referred to as an 11-2, a 22-4, or a 33-6. Now, there is a large element of their energy that's represented in the single digit. So when you look at an 11, you also look at the 2, but you always defer to the 11 because their path is of an elevated nature. They are beyond the wise old souls in the room. They are really gifted. Those, for instance, like a, uh, a 33 is the energy, they say, of the Christ-like energy. So highly evolved, They're almost two feet in heaven and a toe over here. I mean, sometimes they're almost suicidal. They may be seriously depressed because they can't really wrap their brain around why they're so different than everybody else. And those, mm-hmm. those souls really need, well, could use the encouragement to understand why they feel that way, and then they can embrace those great gifts. So an 11 um, is very intuitive, they're artistic, and they are the humanitarian and the healer. So that's the path of an 11. That's an awesome path. I love it. Yes. Good, Meg. And just just as an example, (laughs) just as an example, that 33 they're the, they're the visionary artist. They're the clairvoyant. Um, they're the master healer. So, you know, it, it's that Christ energy. So that's just an example. Mm-hmm. Meg says, thank you, Dana. <laughs> well, you're welcome, Meg. Yeah. Awesome. Does anybody else have any questions? If not, I'll have you share a tiny bit about the history. The numerology. All right. Yeah. Well, we we are all law of attraction people, so we can all agree that everything is energy. That includes our number system. So long ago, in about 580 BC, our Greek philosopher and mystic Pythagoras, he's the father of our modern modern our modern um, number system. He designed um, the theory of numbers, 
and they were digits one through nine. And he taught that each number had a meaning and it had a vibration. And he also taught that if you added up your birthday, that it would give you a clue or reveal to you kind of the nature of the work that you came here on planet Earth to do. So although the meaning of numbers has been lost throughout history, like a lot of really great spiritual stuff kind of got shoved under the carpet, and now we just use numbers to add, subtract, divide, and use them in science, we don't necessarily teach our kids that numbers carry a vibration or energy. Um, but Pythagoras system, every, in Pythagoras' system, every number had um, both a positive and a negative vibration. And so that shows us as people what the potentials of our path are and what the pitfalls of our path are. So if we kind of know where we might fall down, we can be, just have that awareness. Like if I'm a really, if I tend to be a really greedy person because I'm not on path as an eight mm-hmm. and then I awaken a little bit more, it would just help me be a little more self-aware about giving more or being generous. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the history of the meetings. And it's so much fun, I just have to say. When I was talking earlier about adding the numbers, so I add them, you know, top, down, down, just like a stacked, um, like a pyramid sort of shape, like we were taught in school. Then we also take the numbers, I'll use my own birthday, and I add them across. So I put the 7 plus the 1 plus the 8 plus the 1 plus the 9 plus the 6 plus the 3. That gives me another confirmation. And then I take the 7, and I'll say 7, and then I'll take 18, and I'll make that a 9. So I've got 7 plus 9, and then I take 1963, and I'll take that into a number, and then I add that up. So this is the way we find what we call hidden master soul paths, and they are often hidden. If you just add the numbers one way, you'll come up with a 2. You won't find the 11. So you, I've actually done the, this math three different ways several times, and only on the, la, on the third try of adding them three different ways do I find that hidden master soul path, and it's very important. It's just you're not going to be right on with the person or give them the best if you're not adding correctly. <laughs> so a lot of numerologists do that. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool, that. huh? I know. And yeah. then the personal year cycles, did you want to hear a little bit about that before? Yeah. Maybe somebody else has some questions. Does anybody have any questions about all of that? No. No. Okay. Let's hear about that. So the personal years are kind of cool. Now, a lot of us have heard in our spiritual circles in this year, 2016, that this year, if you if you take 2016 and you add it across, you get a nine. So you've heard a lot of people talk about this is a nine year. This is a year to... Um, you know, let go of things that no longer serve you. There's a lot of, there's been a lot of chaotic energy since about middle of August. That is not on accident. The universe is really trying to purge us, to cleanse us, everything in the planet to, to step up and into our brand new one year. So the idea with personal year cycles is that you take your birth day and you take your birth month. And then you take the current year, 2016, and you add them up. For mine, I just because I know it off the top of my head, I'm in a personal year seven. This is a very deeply introspective. Uh, I'm into mystical things and spiritual things and research. It's a year that I'm kind of hibernating. And so by knowing that, I'm like, oh, no wonder I feel this way. You know, next year, you know, for Ming and I both, she's going into an eight year. I believe you're going into an eight next year, aren't you, Ming? 
Didn't we figure that out? I'm pretty sure we did. (laughs) We're both going, I think Ming and I are both going into eight years and we're both eight. Next year, Ming and I are supposed to be freaking rich. So um, (laughs) I'm hoping I'm, you know, I've got fairies working for me now and everything. So personal year cycles are, okay, so what the way personal year cycles work for each of us is that the universe sets you up to come in on a path for Ming and I, let's just say life path eight. But of course, we need to evolve and experience all kinds of different things. And so the universe gives us an opportunity to experience the energy and the vibration, the gifts and the challenges of each of the other life paths in nine-year cycles. So when you take your birthday and month and you add it to the year, you see which personal year you're in. That kind of gives you the vibe of the year you're in, what's going to be happening in your life. For instance, if you're in a personal year five, it's all about, travel and exploring and eating great food and being really social and making big changes and uh, maybe meeting a partner or having great sexual experiences. I mean, it's a very sensual year. That's what a five, mm-hmm. personal five years. And if you know that's what you're going into, you can kind of like, oh, that's cool. I'm, I'm ready for that. Um, or it may be like a more personal and responsible four year where you're supposed to kind of buckle down and organize things and create a budget. And oftentimes when I go through these personal year cycles with people, what we look at is we look at every nine years. And the reason we do that is because after we've gone through a nine-year period, the universe will often get really loud. And this happens in what we call Saturn returning. So there's a first Saturn returning, and I may be getting a little deep here, but there's a first Saturn returning and a second Saturn returning. The first Saturn returning happens after three nine-year cycles. And it's a, Saturn's the planet, the, um, the planet of, like, kind of like strictness. Like, oftentimes we neurologists refer to it as the cosmic bar mitzvah. It's kind of like the universe is saying, all right, Dana, we've just given you three nine-year cycles to get your stuff together. Like, you've had every opportunity. What are you going to do about it now? And this is oftentimes at about the age 27, 28, 29, and this is a real pivotal point for people. They might have a lot of loss. They might want to go a completely different direction with their careers. They might have been married and getting a divorce. They might be ending a relationship. Somebody might die. There's just a whole lot of things that happen during a Saturn returning, and it's it's intended as a wake-up call. The second Saturn returning happens around 56, 57, 58, 59, you know, somewhere in that age, the middle 50s. And I always use Oprah as the best example of that. She got tired of doing her show. She wanted to do more deep and meaningful work. Um, her soul was being called to do that. And so she stopped doing her daily talk show, and she started doing Super Soul Sundays. And don't you bet she got a lot of resistance about it. So Every year that we're in, aside from the life path that we're on, we're working with a different type of energy. This is to help us master the challenges that we signed up for and the work that we came here to accomplish. Hmm. Yeah. So that's cool. The not, every time we look, when I do the charting with a client on the phone, I actually chart out every year of their birth on a chart. And I look at where they were in a nine-year, and we talk about their pain and loss in that nine-year. And the reason we do that is because our pain is on purpose. 
it's to be transmuted and used for good. It often will point us in the direction of how we're supposed to serve others. And as we serve others and we heal others and help others, guess what? We heal ourselves. So that's the really cool thing about looking at personal years in the chart is to kind of look at the, we, look, we call it the pain story. You know, some people say their, their main pain story, I hear a lot of abandonment or um, self-doubt or um, having like, you know, like Ted said, I, you know, I didn't, I felt like I lost my voice. Um, and so, you know, that was shown through, that showed up in his chart all the way through his life to this point. Mm. So that kind of gives us a really big picture about what that challenge is, and we teach that we use our pain for our great fuel uh, to do our great work in the world. So wow. it gets really fun. I mean, it, it is really, really fun to do this. I can't even tell you how much fun it is because um, <laughs> there's so many ahas through the whole part of it. And then some people, you do their charts, and they didn't have a lot of trauma. They didn't have a lot of loss. They didn't have a lot of pain. And I don't really know what all of that's about, but that's always really interesting and it doesn't happen very much. But it did happen in one of the six people that were willing to talk today. And I thought that was extremely interesting. And I won't mention the names, but um, cool. I thought, lucky that person. <laughs> awesome, Dana. Yeah. So can, you say, can, you, can you say one more thing about the – is it the planet that's in the nine or – um, Saturn for the year or the this year we're ending in a nine. Oh, so we're in a nine year. This is a a year of um, of transformation of the soul, basically a uh, culmination and ending. Um, this is a really good year. I'll, I'll give you an example. This is a really really good year to clean out your closets, to let go of things that no longer serve you, and it's not just people um, and things or jobs. It could also be thoughts and beliefs patterns that no longer serve you, right? So the reason we want to discard those and let them go is because we've come to the end of a cycle. And the challenge would be that if you don't do that, perhaps, the thinking is with numerology that you will drag all of that into your brand new beautiful one year, which for all of us globally as a planet will be next year in 2017. It is a one year. So, and the other thought along this line in numerology is that you will keep whatever it is that you drag with you for another nine years. Okay. You will drag it along with you, like Linus's or whatever his name is, one dirty blanket from Peanuts. You know, you're going to drag that ugly thing around with you for nine more years. And so oftentimes when I do coach someone in their in a life path nine, they're already going through all the chaos and trauma. And they're just relieved to know that, okay, this is what it's supposed to be. But next year it's all new um, because the life path one or the energy of a one is newness, creation, new beginnings, new starts, freshness. Um, it's the Steve Jobs path. It's the path of invention, creativity. So, um, yeah, so we're all going that. to be encouraged to let go of anything that comes up. And you can do that in a number of ways, letting go of things. There's lots of ways to let go of stuff. Right, so, right. Paying attention is the biggest thing. Yes. <laughs> Guillaume has a question. He says, right. when an individual has a numerology reading, 
How do you act on it to make it work for you? Well, we usually, if it were for a session, well, it would depend on the person. Of course, we all have free will, right? So I can give a session to someone and they cannot agree with anything that I have to say. And that's okay. Because mm -hmm. if it doesn't resonate with you, then I always think the person's either not ready to hear it or they're not at the point where they can hear it or it will resonate with them down the line. Like, for instance, I gave my brother a session. And he, he thinks this is all really crazy. And I know he tucked it away in his dresser drawer and he'll pick it up one day uh, <laughs> because he can't. Because when you tell people what their gifts are, when you tell somebody, when I do my meditation, the messages are always very powerful and most of the time extremely positive. And when somebody tells you about you in that manner, you can't forget it, even if you don't agree with it at the time. So the way we implement is when I do a, like a three-part coaching session where we really dig in, we talk about how to calm the ego and through meditation, I teach a meditation practice. We didn't have time to do that in this because I was trying to shove everything into a one-time one session. But I would teach meditation to quiet the monkey mind and to focus on what it is that you wanted to achieve. And I actually, um, with you, would create homework or baby steps for a subsequent session to go out and do, even if the idea you have is crazy, um, I coached a young lady once who considered working on a cruise ship, but at the time she couldn't do that. So I encouraged her to start calling around and asking what it took for her to work on the cruise ship in the capacity that she wanted to. And in her capacity, she was going to fill two roles. One of that as a nurse on the ship, because she wanted to travel the world with a $5 million question, but she was trained as a nurse. But on the side, She's an incredible singer, and she wants to entertain. So we came up with the idea, oh, my God, we can put all three of these things into one thing, and they're going to pay you to travel the world, be a nurse, and at night you can entertain on the ship. I mean, how great does that get, right? <laughs> so this right. is how the, the synchronicity goes during the sessions. These ideas pop in, and we share, and people get excited, and they're peeing their pants. So the homework <laughs> would be for that lady to go back home and in the next couple of weeks when it feels good and she's fly, flying high and her vibe's doing good, you know, make some contacts to some, you know, Princess Cruise Line. Say, how often do you hire nurses? What does it take to become a nurse on a, on a ship? Um, have you ever had employees that kind of fill two roles? And is that something your, your company, you know, that's the type of thing I do aside from teach the meditation to keep the monkey mind kind of at bay. Because every time we want to do something really big with our lives, the forces love to jump in <laughs> and try to talk us out of it. So, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That helps. Does yes, that help? Does. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. You're welcome. Awesome. That was great, Dana. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we're at ten to the top of the hour. If mm -hmm. anybody else have any other questions or comments, that was a or... fast hour. <laughs> I know. <right>? Oh. <laughs> that was cool. That was it's really been a fun cool, conversation. Dana. Uh, very informative. Yeah. Thank you. Great. Yeah, it was fun for me. Thanks, Leslie. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Ted. Thanks, everybody, for being on the call. Really great. Yeah. Great to share. I know it's different than what a lot of coaches do, so that's why I think Ming picked me. <laughs> yes. And um, do you want to say where people can find you? Besides sure. You? Um, 
Yeah, they can find me on GVU. My profile does have my website on it, but my website is um, www.inspiredwithdana.com, and my email's there on Contact Me tab, or you can find me on Facebook, I mean, social media. Good vibe. Or I can give a phone number out, too, if anyone would like to leave a message on a phone. It's 951-290-9037. I'm putting it in chat. Okay. I just want to say, Dana and Ming, i got to say it's super fun to end the week with you. You guys are a good time. (laughs) Yay. It's a great way way for all of us to end the week, isn't it? Being at GVU is like, doesn't get better than that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. Truly a party. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us for this episode of Friday Fling with Ming. We will be back next month with more fun. And in the meantime, have a great weekend, everyone. Thank you, Janet. 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 More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.